0: Heavenly Father, before he preached 2,900 years ago, Psalm 19, David said, As I stand before the people, may the words that come out of my mouth be acceptable in your sight. And may the meditation of the people here be acceptable in your sight. Not a bad thing to request 2,900 years later. Words and meditation, blessed by you, acceptable in your sight. In our Savior's name, amen. Bethany, suburb, Jerusalem. Climb up the hill three-quarters of a mile, and when you've reached the top of the hill... You may be gasping for breath a little bit, steep climb, but then you are in the village of Bethany. There are five events mentioned in the Bible pertaining to Jesus' activity in that suburb. One of them the raising from the dead of Lazarus. One of them, the anointing of Jesus' feet with oil by the dear lady whom we shall speak of today, her name being Mary, sister of Martha. The episode I wish to address takes place six months before the passion of our Lord. But that which takes place six months before his passion influences to a larger degree than is imaginable, what happens six months later, she does something on this day in Bethany. She hears something on this day in Bethany from the one who is the Son of God. And six months later, she remembers as if it was yesterday, She remembers what he said, what occurred during this event in Luke chapter 10. There is a knock on the door of Mary, Martha and Lazarus. And when Martha opens the door, there stands in front of her Jesus. It's an unexpected visit. There he stands, a rabbi, a teacher from Nazareth. His ministry is now the two and a half year mark. By this time, he's done many, many miracles, 35 recorded, hundreds not recorded. The lepers are still being cleansed. The deaf still hear, the crippled still walk, the dead are still raised. And he continues to do what he did from the very beginning. He is teaching his word and his promises to anyone who will hear. When he comes to the door of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, the two sisters knew who he was. They were glad to welcome him into their home. That was certainly not a given. Because by this time, there is so much hatred against Jesus on the part of the scribes and Pharisees and Sadducees. They send out his spies, their spies continually. He cannot go anywhere without someone watching him. He cannot speak a word without someone recording it. It was not necessarily a wise thing for Mary and Martha to say, come on into our home. They were being watched. Jerusalem is only three quarters of a mile away. And no sooner does Jesus step into this home than the spies send a message back to the scribes and Pharisees. Mary, Martha, and Lazarus are part of this. One would have supposed that Martha, when she saw standing, Jesus standing at the door, would have said, Excuse me, can you stay out here while I go and talk to my sister? And Jesus would have said, Yeah, I totally understand. But she didn't do that. She said, Come on in. And Jesus arrives in that house. They are loyal disciples of his. They have more courage than the disciples will have in the Garden of Gethsemane when he's being arrested. Why does he come to this house? Place of refuge. Place of peace. When the boys John and Joshua were growing up, my place of peace, was Connie's mom and dad down in Champaign-Urbana. Would hop into the car, would drive down there, spend a couple of days. The boys would love the time with grandma and grandpa, and I could just relax. No cell phones back in those days. I could just relax and get away from everything. That's what this house was for Jesus. The storm might be going on in the outside worlds directed against him. But peace would be found in this home. Even his own disciples like to give him a rough time. They like to tell Jesus how to do his ministry. This Gentile woman is following after you. Why don't you tell her to go away? Jesus sees a Women with all their children, they're crowding around you. You don't have time for these children. Why don't you just tell them to get away? Jesus, why are we gathering grain on the Sabbath day? Like the Pharisees are asking that question. And the biggest one of all, them saying to Jesus, We are tired of hearing you talk about your death in Jerusalem. Talk about a downer. With all your power, you should be talking about the earthly kingdom that we're talking about. Stop talking about the crucifixion. And it was at that point that Jesus said to Simon Peter, Get away from me, Satan. You don't understand the purpose of God. Disciples would egg him on a little bit. And then you had the outright hatred coming from the scribes and Pharisees. Let me go into this house. I can have a couple of hours of peace. But that didn't happen. Story in Luke 10. Two different temperaments, Mary and Martha. When Jesus comes into the house, Martha reacts one way And Mary reacts another way. Martha's in the kitchen fixing a meal. When Connie fixes meals when the uh, grandkids are coming over, Josh and Rachel and their six extra faces in the house, uh, that's not a 15 minute or half hour process. Okay? Like that's a, that's like a four or five hour process. Only thing I do is popcorn and peanut butter, and that's about five minutes. But when you fix this meal, it takes a bit of time. Martha knows that Jesus is here. She heads to the kitchen, and she works feverishly. The food, the napkins, preparations. And then her blood pressure goes up. Because she keeps looking for Mary to come into the kitchen, and Mary never does. Blood pressure goes up, and she goes out into the living room. She doesn't talk to her sister. I I find that funny. She doesn't talk to her sister, probably doesn't even look at her sister. She looks at Jesus, and she says, I'm slaving away in the kitchen. You tell my sister to get in and help me. She was saying, Jesus, you're as rude as my sister. You tell my sister to go and help me. Stop wasting her time sitting here listening to you. All of a sudden, the peaceful place, known as the home of Mary Martha and Lazarus, wasn't so peaceful. He is asked to pick sides. How do you serve the Lord? How do you serve the Lord? Martha says, Serve the Lord by working. Mary says you serve the Lord by sitting at his feet, listening to him. Which one is correct? Which side will Jesus choose? The wisdom of our Lord. He never let the scribes or Pharisees trap him. And he didn't let Martha trap him. He talked about Mary. He didn't say, Martha, you need to be sitting here. He said, Mary is listening to my words. She has chosen the better thing for herself. Martha, you didn't need to sit here because your life at this current time didn't necessitate that, but Mary's did. There are three times that this Mary is brought forth in the Bible. This episode in Luke 10. Another episode in John 11. Another episode in John 12. And all three times, Mary is in the same place. She's sitting at his feet. Listening to his words. In John chapter 11, her brother Lazarus has died. And when Lazarus dies and Jesus comes down, Martha, with her temperament, uh, she stands in front of Jesus and ridicules him publicly. Where everyone can hear her chewing him out. She says to him, If you'd come right away, he still be alive. Mary, with her temperament, Goes to Jesus Jesus privately. Whispers in his ear. Why didn't you come right away? He'd still be alive if you had. And then the Bible says in John chapter 11. When she said that to Jesus. She knelt down at his feet. Waiting for him to speak. In John chapter 12. It is two days after he raises Lazarus from the dead. There is a feast of celebration over this miracle that's taking place in the home of Simon the leper, someone that Jesus had healed. Simon the leper is friends of Mary and Martha. How do we know? Because Martha was in Simon's house serving the meal. And where was Mary? Sitting at Jesus' feet, pouring perfume on his feet, Drying those feet with her hair. Three times, Mary. Three times, sitting at his feet. I read a joke about Mary and Martha. If they had been on the Titanic, Mary would have said, let's sit and pray. And Martha would have said, let's run to the lifeboat. How do you serve the Lord? Are you serving him right now? The 1400 that will be listening online later today or later this week. Are you serving the Lord right now by listening to him? And the answer is, Powerfully, you're serving him. Hebrews 11.6 What one thing pleases God that you believe He's real. When Pastor Shaw and I preach to you, when you're studying His Word in your small groups, when the hymn writer writes the hymn that we sang today that's 400 years old, am I reading you about Aesop's fables? Are these myths or legends or fairy tales? You believe that God is real. That is why you worship him. The people that we have in the bulletin that we're going to pray over, they believe that God is real. That is why they want their situations lifted up to God. When you came in this morning... When you're listening later online, you are serving God. God was bold enough to say in Hebrews 4, nine, There remains a Sabbath day rest for the people of God. They ought to rest from their own labor, sit at my feet and listen to me. And then Hebrews 4.9 says, God labored for six days and on the seventh day he rested. Hebrews 10, do not forsake the assembling together of my people, but being encouraging one another by sitting at my feet. Isaiah 40.29, I've mentioned it perhaps too many times since January 1st. Even young men, even middle-aged men, even old men, even young women, middle-aged women and elderly women, even they grow tired and weary. Even they stumble and fall. But for those who sit at Jesus' feet, for those who wait upon his word, he'll renew their strength. And when they've sat at his feet and when they've been renewed By His Word, then they're going to soar like eagles. Then they'll run to do His work and not grow weary. They'll run to do His work and not grow faint. Are you serving Him right now? Yes. Because you're drinking in His Word woman at Sychar's well comes to Jesus. Jesus said, give me a drink, please. And the end of the conversation, Jesus says to her, if you knew the water that I had to offer, if you drank of the living water I have to offer, it's right here, you guys, in this book if you drink of the water I have to offer, you never thirst again. She sat at his feet. She listened to his words. When you go to see a doctor, do you multitask? When you go to see your doctor, are you sitting there thinking about your grocery list? (laughs) Stuff you got to do after you see the doctor. No, you're not. You hang on every word that doctor says. You ask a friend to come along or a spouse to come along because you want two ears listening to what the doctor says. When you see your oncologist, are you multitasking? (laughs) Is your mind somewhere else and your body's in front of the oncologist? I don't think so. Listen to every word he says. The car mechanic, the plumber, the electrician, the guy fixing your roof, your lawyer, your tax accountant. Are you multitasking? Or are you listening to every word they say? You know the answer to that. Mary is sitting at his feet. She's quiet. Her mind is quiet. She's not arguing with Jesus. She's not debating. She's not suggesting things to him. She's not throwing her two cents worth in. She's listening to every word he says. She's at his feet. She's very close to him. She's not in the next room. She's not saying, Hey, Jesus, I'm I'm helping Martha here putting the napkins down, but you go ahead and talk because I can do both things at the same time. She's not doing that. She is listening full attention, drinking in his words. And what is she listening to? His word. Your minister is a kind of strange dude. You figured that out after all these years. When I sing a hymn, the two hymns we just sang, I told you last week, I look at when they were written, and then I do one other strange thing. I try and sit and figure out What was going on in that individual's life that caused him to write the words that he did? What situation was going on in his congregation that caused him to write the words that he did? I wish I knew what Jesus and Mary were talking about in that house. But I do know this. Six months later, Lazarus becomes ill. My supposition has always been, John chapter 11, they call the doctors out from Jerusalem. They take one look at him and they say, the illness is unto death. And there Mary and Moses stand, staggered by this news. Mary turns to Martha. Has to be that way. Mary turns to Martha and says to her, We know somebody. I've been sitting at his feet. This one we know cleanses lepers, the blind see, the crippled walk, the deaf hear, the dead are raised. Martha, Let's hire a messenger, send him up to get Jesus from Galilee. Let's bring him back down, and Lazarus will live another 50 years. And for perhaps the first time in her life, Martha said to Mary, Great idea, and they brought Jesus. By the time Jesus come, Lazarus already gone. You know the end of that story raises him from the dead. What Mary heard six months earlier became everything to her six months later. Because when she faced the greatest horror in her life, she remembered every word that Jesus had spoken. I had a gentleman call me about 10 days ago. He said to me, I picked up the Red Sea Rules back in the fall when you went through it. But he said, Pastor, true confession, I never opened a book. He said, let me tell you what the doctor found And in two days, I read the entire book, and I'm going to read it again. And I went back online. I've listened to every sermon that you and Pastor Shower preached during that ten weeks. He didn't need it then, but he needs it now. You might say, this is such boring stuff. I don't need this stuff. I found myself saying in the last 14 years, whenever I marry a couple, I say to them, you might not know today why you're marrying this individual, except I love him. You might not know today why you're marrying him or her, but I guarantee the time will come. A year from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, something will happen in your life. And you will say, I know why God brought this person into my life as a friend or a husband or a wife because I can't imagine going through this without them. Here, a verse you've read a hundred times means nothing to you. And all it takes is one phone call from the doctor. And that verse that meant nothing to you is now engraved in your mind and your hearts. If I told you there was a pill that you could take that would make your fear disappear, you would say, give me the pill, I don't care how much it costs, this is the pill. Faith in 7,000 promises that God has given You honor him and serve him by listening to his word. And then you do what Martha did. You serve him with hands and feet. Because Jesus himself said, John 7:38, I will fill you with streams of living water. And then the streams of living water in you will flow out to others. Fill yourself with Him and then look for the hungry, the thirsty, the naked, the ill. Look for those in prison. Open up your eyes all around you. Hungry for food, hungry for companionship, hungry for God. Fill yourself with Him. Push yourself away from the table and go on out. There. Closing word, one verse, Acts 1-8. Jesus said to his disciples, ten days before Pentecost, Go to Jerusalem, and when the power from on high fills you, then you will leave and become my witnesses, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the utter ends of the earth. Village of Bethany, Two ladies, Mary and Martha, and a story that God thought was so important, it finds its way into Luke chapter 10. And it finds its way into your life and mine. In his powerful name, Amen. Heavenly Father, We serve you whenever we open up the Bible. We serve you when we come to you in prayer. We serve you when later in this service we will be taking the Holy Sacrament because we are saying, God, I hang on every word and every promise that you give me because you are the way, the truth, and the life. And when you have filled me with this food... And given me drink of this living water, I will have an energy, a desire, and a passion to serve you and the kingdom by touching someone else's life. And God's people say, Amen, which means, May it be so. In our Lord's name, Amen.